I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. have not podcasted solo in so long that I think I forget how. (laughs) And I have so many great guests that it's just hard to fill in the time with just myself. But I want to thank you so much for coming back to the BU Find Happy podcast. And there's so many great things going on. And I'm not very good about always sharing with you guys these great things and asking um, for your assistance in these great things. And so I want to share a little bit about that with you guys today. And then I want to talk about the coronavirus because I got asked to be on a podcast to talk about how people can be happy in spite of fear as it pertains to coronavirus. I want to talk a little bit about all of those things. Um, But before I do that, I want to tell you about some cool stuff. So first of all, if you guys have not signed up for my e-journal yet, please do that. It's an awesome way to stay up on all things that are happening with BU Find Happy, including workshops and speaker events and books and the big news about the book that's going to be coming out this summer that I am so excited to share with you. Um, Yeah, so sign up for my e-journal. You can actually go to BU Find Happy dot com and sign up for it there. It will automatically forward you to my website. And it is so fantastic that it is now doing that because it's really, really hard when I'm on all these radio shows to spell my name. <laughs> my mom gave me like a super good celebrity name, I think, but just not with like the convenience of spelling it. That's for sure. Um, did you guys know that National Happiness Day is March 20th? I wanted to invent a national holiday. I thought that would be super cool, but the only one that I could think of would be National Happiness Day and somebody already invented it. There's like a National Happiness Day or there's a national day for like everything. Literally, there is like a National Donut Day, a National Tire Shoes Day, a National Pick Weeds Day. Yeah, there's a national day for everything. So I realized that I am have been taking... It's been three months. It will be three months that I have been off of social media. Unbelievable detox. So good. And on that note, I'm doing the detox again, the ultimate reset, because I love it. It's been a half a year since I've done it. Hard to believe because I feel like I was talking with you guys about that detox yesterday. Um, But yeah, so the book that is coming out this summer is going to be so incredible and I'm so proud of it, and I'm so excited about it. It's just a culmination of everything, Um, and I want you to know when it's coming, and I can't say enough yet, but when I can, I will definitely announce it first on my e-journal, so go check that out. If you have not liked this podcast yet and left a review, please do so. That's what keeps us um, ranking top in the charts for iTunes and all of the important podcast shows, so please just take a minute and click the like button um, if you like this podcast. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the coronavirus. Okay, so this is something that I've said 
um, for a long time. But this person, I read about this on this website, which I'm going to tell you guys about in just a second. And his name, he is a vaccine expert. Okay. And his name is something off it. And I'm going to find it. Paul off it. Vaccine expert said, we are more a victim of fear than the virus. And that is so true of anything we do in life. We are more a victim of fear than we are of the thing. Let's just take, let's just take spiders as an example. We are so much more a victim of the fear of spiders than of actual spiders. Like how many people have actually suffered any major consequences from a spider? I mean, and granted, I know people that have been like bitten by spiders and have had crazy scary wounds and stuff. But, and, and maybe people still die of black widows and stuff, but really like, what is the percentage on that? Probably pretty small, right? We are so much more a victim of our fear than we are of the thing. This is even true of skydiving. Like we are totally afraid of skydiving, but really only one in 100,000 people die skydiving. And that's like, I think that's even like high, a high number, but like 11 of 100,000 people die every year in a car, in a car accident. So, I mean, if we just look at that alone, it's like we see how powerful fear can be. And we've talked about fear on this podcast. You guys know um, my thoughts on fear, which is not necessarily even thought, scientific fact that we are driven by the, the will to survive. Like it is our human desire to survive. Therefore, fear and the fight or flight emergency response system, all that stuff, hardwired in our old reptilian brain to save us from stuff. I mean, there is a reason that in general, when somebody, I actually heard this the other day, let me back up. I actually heard that vomit smells bad so that we stay away from the vomiter. Like it's like a biological thing. But naturally, if somebody's coughing and sneezing and hacking, you're like, I mean, we used to have this person that came into our office all the time. And I swear every time they came in, they were like very sickly just all the time. It's like, why are you even coming here? But the minute they would leave, I would Clorox wipes everything down. Clorox wipe everything down. And so my son happened to get sick when we returned from Disneyland in January. And as a mom who is a boho mom, I'm usually pretty hippie. So all of my products are seventh generation. But guys, when the Clorox needs to come out, the Clorox is coming out. It was freezing. I opened all the windows, all the doors, cranked up the heater, right? And then literally bought, I don't know how many things of Clorox wipes and Lysol and um, hand sanitizer and literally was cleaning. Like every time I'd walk into the room, I'd wipe everything down and walk, spray the Lysol, walk out, you know, Um, that sort of thing. And I must've washed my hands like 70 times in a day. I'd get him a cup of tea. I'd go wash my hands. Everything was being dishwashed, all that stuff. So I ironically invested in Clorox wipes and Purell and hand sanitizer, or I mean Lysol and all that stuff before this whole coronavirus, you can't even buy hand sanitizer on Amazon things started happening. But I did it because I had an active case with a child who had 104 degree temperature and wanted to make sure one, that I could keep my husband and I healthy so that we could take care of him. And two, 
wanted to help him have the best possible recovery that he could, which meant me being around him frequently to be able to help him. So I had to protect myself. So that is where I want to talk a little bit about how irrational fear takes over. So I did a little research before I recorded this podcast today, and I'm a big fan of this website called factcheck.org. Factcheck.org is a great website that is nonpartisan, and it really takes anything that like major politicians or different things in the world that are happening, and they do a tremendous amount of research that is nonpartisan, and then they and then they write articles about the results. And actually, if you read their about page, it's crazy all of like the thorough checks that they go through. But I did read um, that there is this idea that the um, that the mortality rate for coronavirus could be a lot lower because a lot of there probably are a lot of unreported cases, like people that just had a mild version of it. But as of right now, it's like 3.4%, right? And the flu is 0.1%, I think. I think the flu is 1%, 0.1%. So yeah, it would be like, okay, this is something that we need to be cautious about. Obviously, it's a new virus, so none of us have immunity to it. It's able to to rapidly spread. It lives on surfaces for up to nine days, I've read in some cases, um, on, on metal, like non-porous surfaces, like uh, metal and plastic and things like that, which is really unbelievable. And so it's like rational to have some fear of getting sick. I mean, at all of anything. That's pretty rational. But it's irrational to completely run out and stock up on 42 gallons of hand sanitizer the minute you hear of an outbreak because that's just not going to help you at all. I don't think you're going to go through 42 gallons of hand sanitizer. I bought two tiny little things And I still haven't finished one, and I use mine all the time. Matter of fact, funny story, hilarious. I met a friend um, at our local restaurant and bar, and we were sitting at the bar, and I was drinking tea because I'm on a detox. She was having a Moscow Mule, which I was super jealous of. And I pulled out my hand sanitizer because it's just like the standard thing I do anyway because all of y'all who have been listening to this podcast for any period of time know that I am just a wee bit of a hypochondriac, but a rational hypochondriac. And so I went to use my hand sanitizer. The guy behind the bar was all, hey, hey, how much you want for that? (laughs) And I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the world that we're living in now. So let me say this. Let's not meet irrational fear with irrational action. And let's not meet rational fear with irrational action. So I think it's totally fine, but we got to recognize like, when are my fears rational and when are they irrational? And I'm going to go ahead and worry and stress the F out on them for like a period of time for like five minutes. I'm going to do that. I'm going to worry about it constantly. And then I'm going to say, okay, I'm no longer going to worry on this. And now I'm going to take rational action meaning I'm not going to buy 42 gallons of hand sanitizer, but I maybe I'm going to do a good once over on my house and buy, you know, buy a can of Lysol and a hand sanitizer for my car and my purse. That would be very rational action. So I think in general, what, what all of this comes down to, and I've, I've been on, I don't know, 16 or 17 different radio shows in the past month. 
I mean, it's really cool is a lot of them are syndicated across the nation. One, one or two of them have been international, which I'm so, so, so grateful for and thankful for this opportunity um, that this message of happiness is spreading in this way. But this is the message that I want to make sure that I just kind of circle back with you guys on because I have so many people on this podcast that I didn't want to lose sight of the original message of the podcast and the original message that I truly believe in. And that is that happiness is a constant reset. And I'll use this example again. Like if all you wanted was this new shiny car, cause you know, it's going to make you so happy and you run out and you buy that car, that car is going to get a door ding. And now it's not going to be your greatest sense of happiness. It's going to be like your greatest source of agony. So two things, happiness has to come from the inside out. Happiness is absolutely an experience of contrasts. So you only appreciate the hot shower because you felt a cold one, right? And happiness is a constant reset. So that's three things. And when we, when we live with this idea that there's something that's going to just constantly bring us happiness, we're, we're selling ourselves short. We're setting ourselves up for failure. There's always going to be something that's threatening to steal our happy factor. There's always going to be something that is going to try and take that from us in a moment. And maybe it's something as simple as being afraid of getting a virus. This news is so overwhelming and so daunting. And there is constantly terrible news about this coronavirus. How much of this is media related hype? I don't know. They've got full countries locked down (laughs) with like 60 million people. So I don't know how much of it is media hype. I don't know. That's not what's important. What's important is you can get through this. And you've got to be okay with this idea that no matter what happens, you can get through this. You've got to have grit. You've got to have resiliency and you've got to figure out how to respond and bounce back. That is what happiness is about. It's about recognizing that like, Hey, I might get this and I'm going to get through it. And some people and myself included, I'm avoiding large events right now. So we had plans to fly for spring break to sun and fun or fun and sun. I forget what it's called. It's in Florida. It's a big event, like 500,000 people. And we made a conscious decision to cancel our travel plans for many reasons. Um, Not the least being that we don't want to get the virus, but also because we feel we have a responsibility not to potentially put the risk or exposure at others around us who may be at higher risk of actually getting it and not and succumbing to it. But it hasn't stopped us from living our life in so many other ways. And I think that there's a certain point in which you've got to mitigate rational risk, irrational thought, irrational fear, and you've got to just make your decisions in life based on this idea that like, even if I'm going to be okay, Like no matter what, I'm where I'm supposed to be right now and I'm going to get through this. And I think that um, this is just true of life in general. This journey, this journey doesn't have a clear cut destination. Like our destination is, is fluid like a river and it's about enjoying the flow. It's about enjoying the go and the go of it is going to come with some snags and snares and yucky moments that don't feel good and some rough water. It's not all going to be a beautiful, peaceful booze cruise. So 
yeah, I just wanted to check in with you guys about this because I really feel that this has been such a hot topic lately. And I know I've had a lot of people even say to me, well, you seem unhappy right now for how are you unhappy? You're the happiness expert. And the whole thing is like, no, 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 no such thing. Like I'm going to have moments where I'm unhappy. I'm going to have moments where I'm ticked off. That's part of life. That's what life is about. And it's not about not having those moments in life. It's about how we respond to them when they happen. It's so important that we recognize that happiness has to come within. Okay. I feel like I've been talking about that like a super duper a lot. What else do I want to talk to you guys about? Oh, I want to tell you guys about this gratitude journal that I've been doing. And actually it's kind of wacky because I've got, I've got a journal that I keep with um, like when I attend Steph's Write Club, which she changed it a little bit and I haven't been able to go and I'm kind of really having withdrawals. And I keep um, a journal that is my smut journal, which is the one where I bash everybody in my life that when I'm pissed off, I go to. And then I have a journal that's a gratitude journal. <laughs> that's all like my favorite thing, my favorite thing. It's like today's focus, affirmation for today, what I'm grateful for, what I'm excited about. And then I do like a little evening reflection too that says good things that happened today, things I did to make a positive difference today. But I was like, I got so many dang journals, like I'm constantly carrying around, <laughs> getting silly. So I just found this super freaking cool journal on Amazon and it is a daily journal. Oh, so the one that the journal that I keep that has the right club stuff in it, it also has like March 2020, this is my big objectives. This is my like little annoying to do things that I need to get done. It has all that in there and it has like podcast show notes and different stuff like that. I'm like, I really need a journal where I can go one place for all of these things. And I found the coolest journal on Amazon, guys. I'm going to put it up on my BU Find Happy Amazon page, assuming I get it and it is as cool as I think it's going to be. But it's got a daily gratitude plus your like, annoying checklist. Plus it's got your calendar in it. So I can put like my podcast shows and all that stuff, the recordings I have. Plus it has like big objectives too. <gasps> I am so excited. It's funny because people will often ask me what, what can people do? Ba ba ba. And I've got all these tips and tricks and tools and different things, but like my number one go-to is journaling. Like if you're not journaling, you're missing out. Because I just said this today, I was in an art, I was leading an art and therapy workshop today and I just said this today, like if you're having communication problems with people in your life <laughs> and you're feeling super unvalidated or super alone, sometimes it's just nice to go to something that doesn't talk back and doesn't have an opinion about what you say and isn't judging you for what you say. Like a journal is the greatest place, guys. And the people are like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that either. Like I freaking have a million things on my list. Just go to my website if you don't believe me. Oh my God. But I make time for it because it's important. And when I make time for it, I come out more clear headed with better inspiration, more free from my negative emotions. Like journaling is honestly got to be the number one most powerful, powerful tool that I recommend that people absolutely do not heed. Like I've even given away journals to people. I've been like, here, have this journal. This will be good for you. I know you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. Isn't that so annoying?
It's got to be like the most annoying thing ever when you know so much what can help others, but then they won't take their own advice. We know someone who's going through a hard time right now. And like every day he talks about it and he talks about what he should do and what he wants to do. And we just listen. And it's like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how much insight you can offer a person until they're ready. They're not going to do it. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to people in your life that are, that you, that you have such clear insight about? It's tough, huh? Okay. What else? What else do I want to talk about today? Because I just suddenly got this desire to solo cast. Oh yes. Um, on this podcast coming up, so many cool people, right? But there is this one lady who literally has a radio show about that was called, she doesn't have any more, but it was called the state of happiness and the UNESCO center for peace gave her the title at a Nelson Mandela celebration of the ambassador of happiness. Like, how do you get that name? That is so cool. I'm so super jelly of her. Okay. I remember the last thing that I really want to talk to you guys about. I have something very exciting, not the the book that I'm talking about that's coming out in June, not that one, but another one that I've been working on that is coming out. And I had this, whoa, Nelly, wake up epiphany. And during one of my various meditations where I was like, oh, that is what I need to do. And then of course I text my mom at 4 a.m. And she usually doesn't respond until 6 (laughs) a.m. And she starts with like, what are you doing up at 4 a.m.? And then she'll be like, uh, okay, that's a great idea. You do that. But uh, very supportive, very supportive. But I, you got to understand like being, being mom to me is probably really hard. (laughs) I always have some crazy new idea. Like even like guys, I was like, we need to invent a blast chiller like how they have deep fryers. And then people are like, um, no, already exists. I'm like, dang it. I'm always coming up with like super good creative ideas. I've got one right now that I just don't even want to tell you, but I think I can tell you because I'm probably never going to make it. But if somebody else does, I'm going to bust out this podcast and be like, haha, you don't have that trademark. Um, wouldn't it be cool if they made Molly bolts? Like, you know how there's anchor bolts that you got to put in the wall before you put in the screw? Wouldn't it be super cool if you didn't have to put in the anchor? Like if if you could actually have a legit metal screw that like winged out and then also still went straight. How freaking cool would that be? Like remember those little tacks, those those little tacks that you used to have like that you use on a three ring binder and you fold them open like that, but then also with the straight part. Yeah, I was hanging something in the garage the other day and I was so pissed. I think literally it looks like somebody came in and shot up my garage wall. I must have put in like 16 of those stupid anchor things and they just like fell through the wall. Ugh, so mad. Just trying to hang up my my mop and my my broom. I'm normally pretty good with those things, but and I didn't even drill too big of a hole. It's just that it needed big screws and the anchor bolts were really, like stupid plastic. They call them anchor bolts. It's really more like an anchor thing. It's not even an anchor bolt. A bolt would be made out of metal like I'm trying to talk about inventing. That would be so cool. Okay. I digress. So I've got a great book coming out that is not the one I'm talking about. It's another book. And that book, guys, 
is a culmination of everything that I have learned from having this podcast and everything that has come from being on the radio shows and doing workshops and everything that I've come to realize. But I had this great idea that I want to survey you guys. I want to survey you guys so I have some legit stats to put in this new thing, this new book. So I think I'm going to create a survey monkey. Survey monkey. (laughs) (laughs) A, A survey monkey. And no, this is detox delirium. This is no, there is no Savannah here. There is no wine. <laughs> it's just detox delirium. Um, yes, and I'm going to post it up on this podcast for a while. So if you check the show notes, I'm also going to announce it in my e-journal. And I'm going to ask you guys some questions in it. And if you participate in this survey, you are going to be part of a best-selling book. Yep, that's going to happen because it's going to be a best-selling book. But you know my thoughts on best-selling books, guys? Let's just let me just talk about this, especially having done this podcast for a period of time now and having a lot of quote best-selling authors end quote. Um the best-selling thing is bullshit. <laughs> Best-sellers rankings are determined typically not even by sales, um more by popularity or by sales in a single week. So like, I think I read the other day that The Exorcist has like sold not more copies than the Bible, but a lot of copies, like a bunch, 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 bunch of copies. And it has never made a bestsellers list. Never, ever, ever. And I think it even sold like phenomenally well right when it came out. And it didn't make the bestsellers list because the New York Times thought that it was too like edgy and not legit and gross. So there, it just goes to show you, best-selling means nothing. On that note, my memoir, Teetering on Disaster, hit the top 11,000 in sold memoirs in February, the last week of February this year on Amazon. But you know what's funny? (laughs) Is that I think that's probably equivalent to like maybe 400 copies. Like if I'm super lucky, maybe I sold 400 copies. Maybe I sold 40, I won't know until the end of March. And so here's what's hilarious about that. That just meant that it was the best-selling memoir that week because nobody else bought memoirs that week or that day or whatever they do the math on. But that does not necessarily equate to like being a multi-million dollar author, for example. So I'm starting to change my whole status on this thing, on this whole best-selling thing. Yeah. But regardless, this next book that I'm talking about that is going to have some survey results in it you could be a part of, and it is definitely going to be a bestseller because I say so, and I'm going to manifest my reality. Let's talk a little bit about manifesting. How is your 2020 going? Did you set a New Year's resolution? If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know I gave you permission not to do that, and so you definitely did not, but maybe you did. Do you have some goals this year that you're working on? What are you doing to them? not to them. What are you doing for them? What are you doing to achieve them? Are you doing amazing things? Are you taking steps every day? I can tell you, um, my gratitude journal is a big, big, big help right now. Um, with me taking a little time out to slow down, 
recognize what I'm super thankful for in my life, including some new friendships and my health and quality family time with not being on social media and just having a little bit of awareness for things in nature numerology oh my gosh I didn't even tell you guys we're gonna have a numerology expert on this podcast coming up and I'm so excited because I'm gonna ask a billion questions about all these one 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 ones two 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 three 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 threes that I've been seeing I'm super duper duper excited um but yeah this this has been a big part of um of an important part of something that I've needed to do and I recently got invited to join a women's group um, called up level. And I am so beyond over the moon, thankful and with gratitude and, and feeling honored to have the opportunity to join this group of women, because I feel like raising the collective conscious is so important. And it's just such an inspiring team of women who are doing great things. And I really feel like I need that space to kind of, you know, toss some ideas out and get some feedback and things like that. So super excited about that. But what are you doing what does your support group look like right now? Who's helping you achieve your goal? I said today in my workshop that our goals are our goals alone, but we do not have to achieve them alone, guys. We don't have to achieve them alone. I want to read you this quote really quickly. Let me see if I can find it. It is so beautiful and so amazing. Okay, I'm going to find it right now. Maya Angelou, each time a woman stands up for herself, Without knowing it possibly, without claiming it, she stands up for all women. And we do a little activity following that quote where we write four lines minimum, a reflection poem, and the women in the group slayed it today. Oh my gosh. Um, but this whole idea is that we don't, we don't have to go our goals alone. You know, we can have an incredible support group of people that lift us up and help us. And you guys know that I've, I've shared that experience that I had in the cacao dream ceremony not long ago. And I so feel serendipitous about where things are in life because I dreamt it. It's coming. Um, and that kind of ties back to intentions. What are you doing to uh, make choices that align with what you want? Um, how are you showing up in your relationships? And on that note, okay. I got to talk about this. (laughs) I sometimes feel insecure. I sometimes feel not very confident. I know, hard to believe (laughs) because I present myself very confident. And that comes from a lot of self-work to get to that place of confidence. But one of the things I've been thinking about lately is like, when I'm not in a room, and I shouldn't give a shit, but I do, what do people say about me? When I'm not in a room, are people like, if my name comes up, are people like, oh, Michaela, yeah, she's so blah, 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 fill in the blanks. What are the adjectives that they use to describe me? And what's funny is I don't think that sweet is one of the adjectives that people use to describe me. Now, I don't know this, okay, for sure. <laughs> like, Obviously, I'm not in the room. My son, the other day, we were on, my son and husband and I were cruising down the highway, and my son says, if you could have any superhero power, what would it be? And uh, <laughs> my husband said, like almost simultaneously, my son and I said, invisibility. <laughs> 
And then my husband said teleportation. And I was like, oh, that's way fucking better. Yeah, I would totally want to teleport myself all over the place. But regardless, he's like, what the hell would you do with invisibility? Like, do you really care what other people are saying? <laughs> and I and I, I don't know. And then I was like, yeah, why would I want that superhero? That's like lame. <laughs> I can trade mine for teleportation. But the point is that we do care what other people think, right? But why do we care? And even in the workshop today, this is one of the big things that we we did. So we were doing our activities. We were talking about goals. We were talking about our obstacles and challenges to our goals because a lot of times we set these big goals, small goals, doesn't matter. We set a goal and we don't have a clear expectation of the potential obstacles and challenges. So the first step is setting the goal. The second step is achieving the goal. And the reality is most people set reasonable goals. Like very few people, I don't know, like I use this example today. I don't know very many 75-year-olds that are like, I'm going to go to space this year, right? Most people set a very reasonable goal. Um, like I want to be a movie star. That's a reasonable goal. Even though that one's like real big, that's still reasonable. But what they don't realize is like, okay, well, here's what 30 other A-list celebrities have had to go through to become a celebrity, including... Um, you know, having 300 rejections. Like those are the places where we get held up because we don't realize uh, that there's going to be these obstacles. So if we can foresee our obstacles a little bit and our challenges, like just be recognizing like, oh, I don't have support towards this goal. Okay, that's a big one. Let's talk about why. Let's talk about your emotions. Like what do you feel about that? What are the emotions that come up from you knowing you don't have support? And from there is where we create the piece of things that makes more sense to us. So I don't have support. This is how I feel about it. These are my emotions surrounding it. And so here's how I can solve that problem. Here's what I can do. Here's tangible action I can take when that obstacle starts to come up in the way of achieving my goal. And so, you know, we're talking about goals. I'm asking you guys where you are at for 2020, all that. And this is an important thing. Like check in with yourself, draw a treasure map, put your goal in the corner, and then create all these obstacles along the way, the sea of despair, you know, whatever, the mountain of misery. Um, today, somebody had a mountain of misunderstanding. I love that. Like, people misunderstand me all the time. This is why I can't achieve my goal. Um, love it. Okay, how does it make you feel when you're misunderstood? It makes me feel unvalidated. It makes me feel unheard. Great. Um what can we do now? What's a tangible thing that we can create against that obstacle to help you overcome it, to help you have some resiliency and some grit and get through it, right? Because no doubt obstacles are absolutely going to, to be there. Like, like, let's just all accept that on the journey to any goal, there's going to be some challenges. We're just going to take that as face value. And so when we can figure out how to work through the obstacles and the challenges with some insight to how we feel when they come up, we can actually create tangible things for us to overcome them. And so amazing. Okay, so why do I care that people don't say I'm sweet? That I don't think people say I'm sweet because actually... If I were to get Soul, my, my good friend Soul on the phone right now, she'd probably say, yeah, you're sweet. But although Soul's seen me like be fiery as hell too. She's totally seen me be like a spicy habanero. Um, <laughs> recently even, when I found out that somebody just stole an annual event that I do and tried to do, uh, I'm not even going to go there. Not yet. Mm-mm, waiting, waiting. I will come out with that when the time is appropriate. Anyway, point being, here it is right here, right? Why do I want people to say I'm sweet? Because 
I want to show up in my relationships as my authentic self. And my authentic self is kind and my authentic self is sweet. I want to show up that way. I want to show up that way so much that people notice and recognize it. So what are the obstacles? If I were to create this as a goal, have people say I'm sweet in rooms when I'm not present, right? Don't slash my goal. Okay, right? We all have goals, big or small, different, whatever. We have many goals at one time. Let's just say that's one of my goals. One of my obstacles is not getting spicy. Well, how do I feel when I get spicy? What comes up for me emotionally when I get spicy? Um, What comes up for me is that I usually feel unvalidated or I usually feel resentment. Okay, how can I tackle those things? You know, or what are ways in which I can achieve my goal by, um, by stepping forward in a way where I'm proactively being kind? What are ways that I can do that? So, so these are how I'm working towards my goals. And I would love to keep chatting with you about this stuff, but you guys, I have a client who's probably sitting in the lobby. Okay. So to give you a little bit, we're going to take a second to deep breath in through the nose. Hold at the top. Exhale through the nose. I am staring at the beautiful field that I'm always staring at when I podcast with you guys and the beautiful bird feeder. And I'm seeing all sorts of signs of spring and things are good. And you are going to have a kick-ass day. I know this because I say so. I'm so glad you came back to the podcast today. Please, please, please go to beyoufindhappy.com. Check out my books. Check out the e-journal. And if you feel so inspired or you've read one of my books, leave me a like, leave me a review. It really, really, really helps. And I am giving an ask today that you take a second out of your day and do that for me and step forward. Um, And it would be so much appreciated. I will talk to you soon on the Be You Find Happy podcast. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.